0: Hello America, great show, great podcast for you today. Uh, We're going to give you the recap of the debate. Lots of fun, lots of fun. And it couldn't be at the expense of a better group of people. Um, So we'll tell you what happened in the Democratic debate. Also, Bloomberg was accused of calling somebody a horse-faced lesbian uh, (laughs) and a fat, what was it, a fat wench or something like that? Uh, Well, I looked up where that came from. Oh, she should have quoted the whole thing. Uh, Wait until you hear the actual quote and where it came from. Also, we try to look at what good has ever come out of a communist country. Mm, So much. And the 1776 project, which is the answer to the 1619 project. Uh, From the New York Times, why
1: this is so critical that people understand. And a couple things to make sure you check out uh, the Wednesday special from Glenn Beck on the TV show, a new format where you're going deep dive into all this. It's available now for subscribers at blazetv.com. If you use the promo code Glenn, you can save 10 bucks and watch all of it and all the back episodes as well. Uh, and check out Stu Does America if you're on YouTube, or actually if you're on podcast right now, you're on this app already. Click on over, subscribe to Stu Does America, re- review the podcast with, it's great, whatever, what everyone seems to be doing. Uh, and we're going to have a lot on the disaster that is upcoming in Nevada this weekend with the Democrats. It is not pretty. It's all on Stu Does America tonight. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: So Bloomberg makes his first appearance and everybody's so desperate. They all have to take Bloomberg out. So the guns, even from sweet little grandma, Elizabeth Warren, who just doesn't like to say a bad word about anybody. She had some words saved up for him last night. Uh, here's Bloomberg as he tries to make his case. Bloomberg makes his uh, case.
2: I'm a New Yorker. I know how to take on an arrogant con man like Donald Trump that comes from New York. I'm a mayor. I was a mayor. I know how to run a complicated city, the biggest, most diverse city in this country. I'm a manager. I knew what to do after 9-11 and brought the city back stronger than ever. And I'm a philanthropist who didn't inherit his money, but made his money. And I'm spending that money to get rid of Donald Trump, the worst president we have ever had. And if I can get that done, it will be a great contribution to America and to my kids.
0: Wow, compelling, isn't it? (laughs) You know, it's funny because he doesn't strike me as America's neighbor. I thought that was uh, a mayor. I thought that was Rudy Giuliani that really brought the city together. He's the one that everybody looks at, not Michael Bloomberg. Uh, it uh, It was Bloomberg's night last night to be taken apart, and Elizabeth Warren had a lot to do with it. Listen to Warren, one billionaire for another. Do we have that? Can we, Sarah? Can I'd we? I'd like
2: to talk about who we're running against a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. <laughs> Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is. But understand this. Mm. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another.
0: You know, this kills me. Uh, First of all, she's right. (laughs) One arrogant billionaire for another. Uh, One is actually kind of charming. And the other one is just an ass. Um, (laughs) But uh, it kills me that they keep saying, I'll support whoever the nominee is. Are you kidding me? Do you you see who's up on the stage with you? I mean, it's one thing if you're like, look, you know, it's Mitt Romney, it's George Bush, it's John McCain. Well, they're all kind of the same. You know, I don't know if it's Ronald Reagan, Mussolini, I'll vote for whoever the people want.
1: Uh, No, I don't think that's a good idea. Isn't the lesson here, though, that the, the Democrats, I mean, they're all pretty much the same? Yes. Yes. They just uh, very, they
0: just claim
1: not to be varying levels of transparency yeah. on that. Yeah. But they're all pretty much the same.
0: So here's this is let me give you just the just the feeling of what real if you didn't watch it. Here's what you missed. Cut one audio, please.
2: The Affordable Senator Care Sanders. Act, me, not blow it, just, it let up. Just, let me just. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will. You, you I name checked three of them. Let me get Senator Sanders back to you. Okay. You are. Okay.
3: Go uh, ahead, Senator Sanders. Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll get you in, Miss. All right. We, we is, got a lot of people okay. in here, that, uh, we
0: here. We got his so Some. Uh, I mean, that is the chaos of the Democratic Party. Meanwhile, you had Donald Trump at a rally out in, I think it was California, wasn't it? And He, the people carried a World War II veteran on their shoulders into the arena. One makes you feel good about America, the other one just tears it apart. Which do you think Americans are going to vote for? I mean, Ronald, he has become Donald Trump because the Democrats are so nasty and angry and and fighting and the 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 what is it the Bernie boys, which I think is re- uh, just really a bad name for these guys the Bernie, Bernie boys bros or-, or Bernie b- Bros mm-hmm. it makes it sound like they're just you know ah oh, they're crazy boys you know boys will be boys. no no the Bernie Bros are dangerous people. you've got with with what's happening on the uh, the left and with the Democrats. It makes Donald Trump look more optimistic, more like Ronald Reagan, more of the happy warrior than he ever has. They are just a group of nasty, angry, unhappy people. And I don't know why Buttigieg is not doing better than he than he is, other than he's clearly not qualified. Um uh, and the and the voting based you know, you want to talk about homophobes. Did you hear anybody? <laughs> did you hear anybody on the right have a problem with Donald Trump when he had uh, uh, what's his name? Peter Thiel speak at the
1: Republican uh, convention or the fact I've heard a lot of problems with Donald Trump naming the first gay cabinet level position uh, member in American history, which is happening right now with Grinnell. Uh, and they seem I mean, to pissed who even off knows about that. Yeah,
0: who even knows? Who even really knows that? Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's up in arms about that, except the left. The left. Nobody is up in arms about that. But wait a minute, you've got a gay presidential candidate in, in Buttigieg? Oh, dear God, no. Their own people are turning away from it. I mean, it is astounding. Now, here's Pete Buttigieg last night. Listen to what he had to say. Most Americans don't see where they fit if they've got to choose between a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil and a billionaire who thinks that money ought to be the the root of all power. Let's put forward somebody who actually
3: lives and works in a middle-class neighborhood in an industrial Midwestern city. Let's put forward somebody who's actually a Democrat. Look,
0: that's the line of the night. Uh, that's a good point. To me, that's the line of the night. Let's put forth an actual Democrat. It's the Democratic convention. It's the Democratic primary. You're running Bloomberg, who's whatever it is on a windy day. Mm-hmm. If the wind's blowing this direction, he's that. If he's going that way, he's, he's a, he was a Republican just a few years ago. Basically, Charlie Crist. Yeah. He's just whatever he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And Bernie Sanders, and I got to stop calling him a socialist. He's not. He's a communist. He has never met a communist regime that he didn't like. Not one.
1: Not one. He called commu- communism, uh, it was a low blow. When, because Bloomberg said that last night. I mean, he went on about uh, whether, you know, we've tried this before. right? Like, we've, we're not going to get rid of capitalism. We've tried the alternative. It's called communism. And everyone's like, oh. Ooh. And then Bernie came out. That the next question, he goes, by the way, you said uh, he's called me a communist. And uh, that was a low blow. Well- why is it a low Why? blow? I mean, like, I love this idea. You're a socialist and you think communism is a low blow. Let's put them all in a larger category called Marxism. Right. <laughs> You're a Marxist. How <laughs> right. about that? And you know what? You know what's crazy? Is it shows that they are
0: just playing on people's naivety. Yeah. They don't, people don't understand that communism has actually never been done. The Soviet Union yeah. and China, they claim to be communists, but that's not it. If you understand Marx... Marx says socialism is the road to communism. You don't get to communism until everybody's like, oh, you know what? I'm so happy. We don't need a stupid gulag anymore. We're all here and we're all just going to share the wealth. Well, that's never happened nor will it ever happen until jesus comes and everybody says you know what i just love him so much here take what you want of my stuff that will never happen never but that's what communism is communism gets this name of uh, this bad name because you, you gotta take it by force you have gulags you have indoctrination camps all of that stuff that my friend is socialism that is what brings you to communism because the only way to do it is to kill all the people that like no you're not taking my stuff no I don't want to do that those people have to be reeducated or killed once you get rid of them well then you're fine. By the way, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a little more uh, outspoken on Bernie today because we have a meeting after we finish our Wednesday night special, and we are already now a week into what's coming next Wednesday. And last night, I had a meeting, and again this morning, and I went over all of the audio and all of the video that we have for next week's Wednesday night special, which is on Bernie Sanders and his communist radical ties and the people in his campaign. This man is a danger. And I am so sick and tired of having people tell me when when Jeremiah Wright's a uh, pupil was sitting in the in the White House and I said, the guy's a Marxist, the guy's a socialist. <gasps> oh, how dare you, you racist. When I in 2004, when I warned the Democrats, don't put Michael Moore in the presidential box because he is a socialist Marxist. And you think you're using him, but I'm telling you right now, they're going to come back. You are going to be so surprised you're using them, right? They're using you, buddy, and they're going to eat you. I'm so sick and tired of being told, oh, that's just nonsense. It's not. It's very apparent now, isn't it? Listen, because this may be the last warning you get. Bernie Sanders has surrounded himself with very dangerous people, and you're going to meet all of them next Wednesday, there's a chance that Bernie Sanders actually gets the nomination. Now, I don't see that happening, and it will be a colossal disaster if he does for the Democrats, but it couldn't happen to a better group of people. However, if Bernie Sanders, if they try to engineer this, or even if somebody like Bloomberg gets that nomination legitimately, Bernie Sanders and his Bernie bros will burn Milwaukee to the ground. These people are serious Marxist, communist, radical anarchists. Last warning America you're about to put one of these guys in office last warning You know here's the here's the problem with Buddha judge I mean Buddha judge can I go to uh, audio cut number 22 please um Judge has been lecturing people on Christianity for a while, and this one, I, I don't know how people in South Carolina uh, took this. Uh, cut 22, please.
1: You. Then, I just can't
4: imagine that that requires of you that you be anywhere near this president. Do you think it is impossible to be a Christian and support President Trump?
0: Well, I'm not going to tell other Christians how to be Christians, but I will say really? I cannot find any compatibility between the way this president conducts himself and anything that I find in scripture. Now, I guess that's my interpretation, but I think that's a lot of people's interpretation and that interpretation deserves a voice. Okay. Okay. Very good. Except the fact that a lot of people would find your lifestyle antithetical to what's found in the Bible. I mean, you just, Pete, you can't make this claim. You know, I just don't know how you would vote for him because the way he lives his life, I mean, you know, you can't find that in the Bible. Well, you also can't find anything but stoning of homosexuality and stoning of uh, homosexuals in the Bible, too. Old-timey, sure. Bad, yes. But it's not an endorsement. Nowhere in the Bible is there an endorsement of that. I mean, at best, you can say, "Well, Jesus never talked about it." Well, Jesus never talked about tweeting either.
1: I mean, uh, I just—it's a weird pitch from him. I think. I think why? He, I think he thinks that he's showing a, a friendliness to faith, his version of it, and because so many on stage sh- show a seeming almost aggression against faith, mm-hmm. this will. This will make him appeal to people in the middle who are like maybe conservative Democrats or maybe even, you know, liberal Republicans who might be faith based and see, well, you know, everyone else seems to almost like despise faith. At least he's mentioning it. But I think it's almost the opposite because he he seems like he's preaching to everybody else. Right. Exactly. You can't
0: pick. You can't pick and choose if you're going to use the Bible. You're going to say, well, I'm a Bible believing person. It's like Donald Trump. It drove me nuts when he was like, yeah, you know, I I love the two Corinthians. (laughs) Stop, stop, (laughs) stop, stop, stop stop talking about it. Okay. But if you just want to say, look, I I mean, you know, I try to live my life based on, you know, basic principles. Many of them were found in the Bible. uh, And, and I don't know how to square his behavior. That's totally fine but he gets into we're in bible country now we're in bible territory you know, you shouldn't go there you shouldn't go there
1: yeah and it just and look talk about principles of being a good person good you're good it's just hard to to take preaching uh about Faith and religion from a person who's to also talking about nine month abortions. Yes, right? like this is yes. a difficult
0: sell. Yes. I'm going to kill a baby after they're born. Uh, n- no, <laughs> no, I I don't think you find that in the Bible. You know, very you, you little just, material yeah, on you that. Just there. yeah, you just and and see, it's not even the whites that are at issue here on this. It would be the Bible believing blacks in the black churches. Of South Carolina. Uh, they don't that one of the big things there is anti homosexual. I mean, I
1: know they're Democrats. You're to the but, polls that uh yes. show what is it, forty one percent of yes. African American voters right. would not be comfortable with a gay president.
0: Exactly right. I mean, and those are democratic voters. Uh you gotta give, tone down the the uh radical anti homosexual uh attitude there in some of your voters. There are they are clearly bigoted against homosexuals. Nobody will say that. But that's what that group tends to believe. You're not going to win, Pete, by preaching Bible to them.
2: This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this
0: podcast, if you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. Pat, I don't know. It's like there's a there's a the, there's a, a spirit in your walk. You're just you seem to oh, just, sprint in here
4: today. I just uh, I just watched the greatest debate in human history. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really. I yeah. love it. I yeah. loved that last night. That, I mean, I it's so painful to watch these debates, but when they went after each other. With a lot of the things that we'd say about them.
0: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You can't beat that. Do you, you remember can't the t shirt? You remember the t shirt we made at Fox that said, What if Glenn Beck is right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should need, we need a new t shirt that just says, Glenn Beck was right. <laughs> yes. Uh, because yes. they're now finally saying this. The mask has come off. Oh, completely. They're now, I mean, you had a Democrat, if you can call him that. Call the quote socialist what he really is a communist, yeah, on stage yeah. from the Democratic Party.
4: And di- how much did he hate being called out for his three homes? Oh my oh. gosh, oh. That was so good! The wonderful Marxist in the room has a well, summer home. No, pardon me for having no. a summer home. No, <laughs> yeah, we can't, not with your rhetoric. We can't, no, a Sorry. lot of
0: people, a lot of people in. In Maine or New Hampshire, wherever, Vermont, Vermont <laughs> yes. like a lot of people. All thousands have like summer Like a lot of people. So. Listen, to, here's the actual quote. Was
2: Not a just, socialism. A what a wonderful country we have. The best-known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll miss that I work in Washington, House That's 1. That's the first problem. Live in Burlington, House <laughs> 2. That's good. And like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me for that. Where is your home? Which tax, which tax haven New do you York, have your home? New York City, thank you very much. Yeah, and right, I pay know, all I'm my home. taxes. <laughs>
4: Wait, he has a summer camp?
0: Yeah, it's a is summer, summer camp. camp. It's is not where... a summer home. It's a summer camp. Is that where it's he a... sends capitalists yeah. to be reeducated? <laughs> 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 well, a summer camp sounds more Jeez. gritty. Yeah. yeah it sounds know? like it's a little yes. cabin, a little tiny yeah. cabin. Sounds course,
1: like it's a KOA campground. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Didn't... I
0: pull my RV up. <laughs> of
1: course, we've seen uh, the home, and it's a nice home. Yeah. It's not, yeah a, it's, not it's not a camp, camp at all. It's a home. There's no tent part of that house. Oh, You know, that's that was, I mean, because people. I think rightly so, said Bloomberg did pretty poor in this debate. But, I mean, he had some good moments. That's a good moment. He a good good moment. did great. Yeah. Yeah. He did great
0: if it was a presidential general uh, election. General election. Mm-hmm. He's going after all the socialist Marxists in the Democratic mm-hmm.
1: Party. They're the only mm-hmm. ones going out for these things. He seems to be the only one not embarrassed by capitalism. And, look, there are a lot of Democratic voters who are not Bernie Sanders. You know, those people are oh. going to, I think, look at some, some the voters, not the candidates. The voters are going to look at that and say, well, at least somebody's saying, you know, like maybe we should be able to keep our own well, health care or... Do you remember when they asked, anybody here, you know, uh,
0: like socialism or, you know, want to want to stick up for capitalism? It was, Nobody. It was only Klobuchar, right? Yeah. Klobuchar was... One, yeah. raise their mm-hmm. hand yeah. for capitalism. One. Mm-hmm. Boy, there seemed to be a lot of, a lot of... Uh, uh, talk about socialism and capitalism the audience last night well, they weren't capitalists no do they stack that or it didn't, no these are just the that's just
4: amazing isn't it it's amazing that so many i mean these are this is just the audience so you would think rank and file democrats right piling in to see this and none of them applaud capitalism none of them like capitalism so
0: so let's let's play those uh could we play, play the um Cut 10, the weak applause for capitalism.
2: Um, I believe in capitalism, but I think our, the goal of someone in government <laughs> people. and people, president of the United That's States amazing. should be a check. One of them
0: was Bloomberg,
4: I think. <laughs> I think so. It was like,
0: <laughs> I believe in capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Amy is a good thing you brought your husband and <laughs> Bloomberg was there. Now. Listen to this, Bloomberg says throwing out capitalism would get Trump reelected because communism doesn't work. Listen to this, booze for capitalism. Mm.
2: I can't think of a ways that would make it easier for Donald Trump to get reelected than Truth. listening to this conversation. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're not going to throw out capitalism. We tried that. Other countries tried that. It was called communism, and it just didn't work. Oh. So, so oh. Oh.
4: Whoa, 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 whoa
2: stepping on my toes now
0: <laughs> it worked great you should have seen the chandeliers in the subways uh there in russia whoa, beautiful whoa. beautiful
1: uh, again i, mean, I thought that was another pretty good moment for i Bloomberg, thought so too right it was. not like, in the not, primary i don't know i think i mean again he's not trying to get bernie voters right he's trying to get biden mm-hmm. voters He's trying to get people who are, like Klobuchar or Buttigieg, whatever this I mean, moderate lane supposedly is. And I think, like, there's a good chunk of Democratic voters who want the big programs, who want gay marriage and all those sorts of things, but don't want capitalism destroyed. There is, that, there is a contingency of Democratic voters who do that. None of them were there last night, but there no, is a they contingency. Were not there.
4: Right. Yeah. They did not show up for I that. I mean, you still hope that people in middle America, right, Democrats in Nebraska, still believe in the capitalist system. You would hope. Yeah, remember. (laughs) I'm not sure it's true, though. I'm not.
1: I don't see a lot of evidence of it. They did that whole test of of what would you feel comfortable voting for, and you know there was gay president, Muslim president, the least popular one on the entire thing was socialist. Socialist. I mean, I you know again, I I think it's still a very negative. But with Democrats, no, Uh, no, no, that was
4: 74 percent were okay with it right is that not no not this
0: poll that we saw it was
4: 47 percent overall but i believe 74
1: percent of democrats would vote for a socialist let's just take that on its face right so 26 percent are not comfortable voting for them at all that's that's enough to lead the pack in the field right now, if you get those people. Mm-hmm. Now, look, yeah. it's you still have to get some of the other people, too, to win the nomination at the end of the day, but like with a divided field like that, he's the only one who seems brave enough to step out, and Klobuchar to some degree did this, but is brave enough to stand up and just say, look, yeah, capitalism. It's hard Bloomberg to hide when he has got $64 to. billion. Dollars. Yes, <laughs> he, he has <laughs> it's to. It's difficult to hide, yeah.
4: But it, it, even he has to apologize for his wealth by saying he's giving it all yeah, away. Again. You're not giving it all away. What are you talking well, about? He, si- he signed the
1: giving pledge didn't he uh, yes. yeah yeah he which is you know yes. b- gates did this and i mean he's giving it he's one thing he's bad at is giving it away apparently because yeah. it, and, and by the he way he gives it away every time he buys a new house <laughs> no, he is i mean look he's given a fortune to uh largely hardcore left-wing causes including yeah, anti-gun causes that are yeah. far to the left of even where bernie sanders is so this guy's no conservative he's no moderate he just has the ability to actually say, hey, the entire economic system of this country shouldn't be torn down tomorrow. This is what's crazy. This is what's crazy. Mm -hmm. He, the Overton
0: window, is in the Soviet Union (laughs) to where Bloomberg (laughs) looks like he's a moderate.
4: Mm Crazy. The guy
0: is a totalitarian autocrat. That's what he
4: is. He's an absolute extremist on the Second Amendment and on climate change. Climate change.
0: And have you noticed, has anybody noticed... How everyone is now starting to talk about everything in the Constitution, like you know, we should re-examine that. I mean, you know, maybe we should have term limits mm-hmm. on uh, on the uh, on the Supreme Court. You know, and we should get rid of the Electoral College. And the Second Amendment doesn't work. And maybe we should look at the First Amendment. This is the longest running Constitution in the history of all mankind, mm-hmm. and it is produced the greatest period of freedom and wealth. Mm-hmm. And health the world has ever seen, and suddenly everybody's talking about "Eh, maybe we should crack that thing open. (laughs) No. No. What do you say we return to the Constitution? What do you say we start using it from time to time? You know, we used to make fun of, and I apologize. We used to make fun of those people that carried the pocket constitution around with them. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh he's got the pocket constitution. Why read the constitution? Yeah, okay, buddy. Thank you for carrying the cup pocket constitution around. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. They were right. They were right. We got so lost and now we're to the point to. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I just got so much processing in my head right now. And I'm so I'm on the edge. Today is the day I'm do I look bloated? Do I look bloated? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm but a lot of that's water been every day. Yeah. I just thought that was no, your it's, normal. It's been typical. I think I'm cycling. I think I'm cycling Here's the thing. Here's the thing. How do you get people to buy into Nazism, communism? How do you do it? Hitler said, you got to create the biggest lies. Get, the bigger the lie, the m- the more easy it is. And it's the small ones that are hard. Mm-hmm. That never made sense to me. Well, let's see. How many Americans right now, especially the youth, where it always comes from, especially the youth, will say, yes, a man can have a baby. Yes, a man can have his period. No, he can't. If you're bleeding downstairs, go see a doctor. Okay? If you're a dude and every month you got blood shooting out of you, see a freaking doctor. Something's wrong. But how many people are willing to say that? If they can get you to say something that you know absolutely, positively cannot ever happen... Mm Mm-hmm. That a man cannot have a baby. You could put a baby in a man, but he ain't pushing it through his pee-pee. <laughs> I don't know how you keep it alive. Thank you for using Delicately. the technical term. Thank you. Thank you.
4: I appreciate that.
0: No man is menstruating today. And if you think so, you need to see a doctor as well. But how many of us have already accepted that lie? If they can get you to say mm-hmm. that, or to be afraid to say... Uh, excuse me, dummy. No. If you are afraid to say that, they just got you to deny something you know absolutely positively, scientifically. No questions asked. You are now either staying silent or you are agreeing with it. And that's
4: without putting the rat cage on your head. Exactly right. like in what 1984. Do you,
0: what do you think it's they so can't easy. do? So easy. What lies will you tell in your life? If you're willing to go there first. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Let me go right to Dr. Wilfred Riley, professor at Kentucky State University, author of the book Taboo, and uh, a guy who started the 1776 project that he's going to talk to us about uh, today. Doctor, welcome to the program.
3: Uh, Thanks for having me on.
0: Sure. Now, normally, you would give me the professional courtesy of calling me doctor as well, seeing that I worked hard, just as hard as you, for my doctorate, but I...
3: Are you uh, are you also a doctor?
0: I am a doctor. Uh, I'm a doctor of humanities, which means I can oh. operate on people's feet, I think. Uh, uh, minds, Oral maybe. surgery? Pardon me? I said on their minds, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't think we have to have this professional squabble about it now. Um uh doctor uh I want to I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for what you're uh what you're doing. Uh and uh tell me why you got involved uh in trying to set the record straight from the 1619 project.
3: Sure. Um I will say I'm one of the founders of the 1776 sure. project, but there are there are a large number of pretty elite people involved. Uh, Bob Woodson really at the Woodson Center is the guy that brought our group together. I mean, you've got Glenn Lowry, uh, legendary economist, Tlaib Starks, the organizer, Carol Swain, John Sibley mm. Butler, pretty impressive lineup, of uh, yeah. Coleman Hughes, the editor at Quillette. But the idea of the 1776 project, I mean, it is a nonpartisan, I'd say for most of us, center-right at least, um, black-led response to the New York Times 1619 project. And the 1619 project, you, you Your intro on this is pretty much dead on point. This is an idea. This is a series of editorials that became a business initiative. Mm -hmm. The USA began in slavery. And that really the thing that defines the country the most or the thing that makes the country unique is the fact that we had historical slavery here. (laughs) And 1776 is a response to that. I mean, we point out – and an initiative on its own. So we point out a number of things. Uh, First of all, almost all societies had slavery until the 18th century. If everyone was guilty of evil and the USA today is unique, it was not the evil that made us unique. Right. So we point out some of the flaws in the 1619 narrative, and there are many, like the claim that the Revolutionary War was fought so that America could keep slaves. That's absolute nonsense. Crazy. Yeah, that's uh, one of the Gordon Wood, who's the country's probably leading Revolutionary War historian, has really taken that apart where he points out that that ignores everything that actually led to the war. Taxation without representation, uh, French and Indian War debt. I mean, armed battles in the streets, the Boston Massacre, that's all pushed aside.
0: Right. And it also uh, dismisses the first original draft of the Declaration of Independence In Jefferson's own handwriting, where one of the the last usurpation is a paragraph that is passionate against slavery.
3: Where's that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. A one sided narrative is a bad narrative. I mean, an obvious point is that for literally as long as we had slavery in the USA, there was a powerful anti-slavery movement led by white and black people of goodwill from Frederick Mm -hmm. Douglass to John Brown that won. We don't have slaves in the USA. We haven't had slaves since 1865. I've never had a slave or been one, and neither has anyone else who's currently alive, who was born in this country. So these are the sort of things that we point out. And in contrast to the narrative of 1619, which is that racism still defines – the racism of 300 years ago still defines exactly what America is today. We have a pretty simple thesis, which is that the United States of America is a flawed but very good society. It's simply not that difficult to make it here and almost anyone can given hard work and personal responsibility. People regularly come to the USA from countries where cars are a bit of a luxury item like Ethiopia and Vietnam mm-hmm. and go on to outperform both black and white native-born Americans. So there's absolutely no reason we should expect less of middle-class black people or Appalachian white ones, for that matter, than we do of recent immigrants from Botswana or the Philippines. That's crazy, and that is a form of racism. So this so we're, is we're...
0: – go ahead. Go
3: ahead. Oh, no, no. We're, we're responding – uh sixteen nineteen, although it presents as purely academic, is to some extent a business initiative. I mean, they have a curriculum designed with the Pulitzer Center and so on. So many of us, including me, have fairly elite business backgrounds, and we're responding across a range of avenues, I mean curricula, media like this so on down the line i mean the narrative can't go unchallenged that the usa is not the world's best country but rather it's most evil that just doesn't make any sense empirically
0: well they are they are already it's already creeping into our schools um mm-hmm. and they're taking this at face value i, I heard a, an ad for the podcast from the new york times And uh, they said, you know, and there are some disagreements, but that's what we do best is is try to get people to talk and find the truth. No, you have taken a theory that is flawed from the beginning and you've merchandised it, marketed it. And now it's being taught in some schools around the country. It is it is it's really dangerous to teach this kind of nonsense. And I, I can't thank you enough for. For actually following through and not just talking about it, but getting the curricula changed in schools to make sure we're teaching the truth.
3: Yeah, and in, in the book you mentioned, a uh, Taboo, the 10 Facts You Can't Talk About, recently came out with Regnery. This is something that I talk about, uh, and it's kind of the invasion at a level below what most people recognize of certain ideas into the American mainstream. So I frankly don't think most people know what their kids are learning in school. They don't. Um Yeah, this is very important. I would actually, a statement for the parents out there, look at it. Uh, There's specific things like what sex education is being taught, what American history is being taught, that any thinking father or mother should ask their child's school district about. Um, I'm in, yeah, I I recently observed this with some of my own younger relatives and it's pretty striking. Uh, At any rate, so the response to 1619, I mean, thank you for the compliment. One thing I would emphasize is that nobody, obviously not you, obviously not me, is arguing that slavery was good. Right. What we're saying – yeah, it's, not, it's ridiculous that it even need to be said. But what we're saying is a series of empirical points. One, American slavery was not historically unique. Every other country, including the many civilized black nations of Africa, had a form of slavery that was as bad or worse until quite recently. Um, Two, we don't think that slavery was the defining feature of the USA. We don't think it's what made America unique. With no disrespect for that Southern culture, the South was a bit of a backwater before the Civil War, and that's why they lost. And a big reason for that was the reliance on this sort of feudal surf agriculture. And third, finally, we do not believe we do not believe that after 155 years of abolition and, by the way, 53 years of affirmative action, Asians or middle class blacks or Jewish Americans, Cubans, members of any other minority are still oppressed. That's a meaningless term. So it's important that this be responded to with a real curriculum that says, yes, the USA is not perfect because only God is perfect. But these are the advantages that we have over other societies. And to some extent, these are the advantages where they exist that they have over us. And this is why we exist as the country we are today. And that doesn't trace back to racial quarrels 300 years ago most of the time.
0: Do you address the the fact that more slaves went to Brazil uh, or that uh, – uh... Mexico is given the status of of beating the United States to abolishing slavery, but they said we'll stop it in a hundred years. I mean, that's not the abolishment of slavery. Uh, You know, we had to do it through civil war, uh, but, you know, they could declare anything they want, but that wasn't the abolishment of slavery.
3: Yeah, we we discuss all this. I mean, one point I want to make, and I don't mean to be glib here, but history sucked for almost everyone. Um, If you're talking about, Irishmen, Japanese-Americans, women couldn't vote until 1920. So, yes, absolutely, slavery existed in almost all societies. I'm not attempting to apologize for the white slave trade of blacks, but it's it's worth noting that there was also a black slave trade of whites, or at least a Moorish one. I mean, the Barbary slave trade, and inspired the verse Shores of Tripoli and the Marine Corps hymn. Uh, This went on from 1600 to 1800, the powerful Muslim nations of North Africa when they fought the white states of southern Europe would take everyone they uh, captured, quote-unquote, surgically modify them, and make them into slaves and serfs. Uh, serfdom itself, that idea that you're a peasant just pushing a sulky plow for most of your life, that existed in Russia and most of Europe, southern France, until 1866. So it's, if you're going to say that people were unfree in America – you have to say also in context that people were unfree almost everywhere in the world. The West did not begin the institution of slavery, but I will say that though it took too long and it took hard fights, it is modern Western culture that eliminated slavery globally. No other culture, including you know the proud black and Moorish states many of my ancestors came from, even thought about doing this until the modern abolitionist movement began in England and the USA. So, we have our sins, but we also have our virtues and it's silly to focus only on our sins, especially given that we live here. We're insulting our own society when we do so.
0: So, here's the here's the thing that I think most Americans just want. I don't care uh, if we hear about the bad things. I think we need to know about the all of the bad things that America sure. did or we won't learn and change. So, we have to learn about those things. But perspective, man, perspective and look at it in context of the day. Look at what everyone else was doing and understand that, you know, it's an ebb and flow. Sometimes we're better. Sometimes we're worse. I mean, at the time that we're fighting against. Uh, communism and nazism in the 1940s we're also throwing japanese americans into concentration camps i mean he it's it's both it's both just like humans we're both good and bad as individuals and it's that constant battle between those two forces inside of us that shows in the end who you are were were you generally moving forward or were you somebody that was fighting for evil the whole time? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's well put. My old martial arts sensei phrases it as every human being has a back and a front. And I think that's roughly accurate. When you're looking at the presentation of a man or of a human being, of course, you want a warts-and-all portrayal, which is a very famous description of an actual picture. But what I think you very often get from the activist left in the USA is an almost all-warts view of the country and a warts-free view of other rival societies. It's simply idiotic to spend hours and hours fulminating about the fact that the USA at one point had slavery – and then go on to praise, say, China or the civilized nations of Africa or the Arab world. Much of the Arab world has slavery today.
0: I know. There's more slaves so, today than there was during the entire Western slave trade, combined, mm-hmm. all of those years. So, um, uh, Doctor, tell me how the average person can access this information or can you know play a role at all in, in helping you with this battle.
3: Sure, yeah, and uh, thanks for asking. I mean, we're all fairly easy to find. I'm Wilfred Riley, W-I-L-F-R-E-D-R-E-I-L-L-Y online, Facebook, Twitter. You've mentioned Hate Crime, Hoax, and Taboo, the books I've written. I'm one of many people. Uh, Bob Woodson is the original initiator of the project. If you Google Woodson Center, they'll be more than glad to accept donations to 1776 or to their overall work. And, of course, we have a professional website that just went live, although we're still uploading headshots and so on. It's 1776 Unites. I believe that would be .com, because we are equipped to receive donations. But if you Google 1776 Unites, it'll be the first uh, hit. Unites again, with an
0: uh, S. With an S? Unites? Yeah, seven,
3: 1776 Unites. U-N-I-T-E-S. Okay. That, is, that is correct. And, yeah, we're more than glad to accept outreach. Again, Wilfred Riley, we've got Glenn Lowry on the project, John Sibley Butler, Carol Swain. I mean, many of these are names you will have heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coleman Hughes over at Quillette is handling a lot of media and social media. So we thought this is a fairly impressive group of people. Some of us had met for lunches before, just as black people in the business community. And the idea was, well, we really need to respond to this because this is nonsense, and it's going to increase racial tensions in a way that's not good for black people or just as importantly for our white countrymen. And I think we responded effectively.
0: Thank you so much, Doctor. I appreciate it. The uh, 1776 project is uh, 1776unites uh, dot com. The Blaze
3: Radio Network on demand.